0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. After a very refreshing and informative and entertaining podcast 100, we are back to cars for the 101st podcast here.
1: I don't know how informative it was, but it was sure odd. And it was very fun, I will admit.
0: I think it was informative of just the things our audience was thinking about. Yeah. I think there were some yes,
1: great that's, questions. That's fair. That's fair. There were there was some great stuff and, and you guys I think it was like eighty questions or so, so we didn't even cover <laughs> half of them. We didn't even cover a third yeah, I know, of them. I know. And apparently it's fantastic actually. Facebook questions are now officially a thing because this week for this podcast, uh this this Tuesday podcast Oh, no, this is Friday. I don't even know what day it is. That's how my week's gone. (laughs) But but we've already got 30 questions for this normal podcast. And uh, yeah, there's no way we're going to get to 30. But do not stop. Please keep doing that. And I will also say... Please, I know this sounds ridiculous, but please help us by sending your car debates to everydaydrivertv at gmail or through our website. That helps us kind of funnel those into one channel and keep our brains for the random quick stuff here on the Facebook questions. But so many great ones. (laughs) We're not even gonna cover half of those, but they are really cool. Lots of stuff to cover this evening for Friday. First off, I have to say, I don't know what day it is because about an hour ago, I finally posted this Thursday's piece, which was a Vanderhall Laguna. I'm not speaking another language. That is a three-wheel car.
0: This is pretty funny. Um, We had the opportunity to drive the Vanderhall. As a matter of fact, they are designed and built in Provo, Utah. So they are native to Utah, where we're located. And this is a three-wheeler, two in the front, one in the back. And this is something completely different for us. We are really looking forward to sharing this with you and actually looking forward to your opinions on what this car is you will find out the price point you will find out the construction yeah. and you know what it's powered by all this stuff when you watch the video so it is released late tonight as we're recording as you said yeah. and uh, out to everybody so i'm curious to hear your opinions on the car on the commentary everything about it cuz it's it is so different yeah. and we didn't have by much time, time with the car you know that we just had a quick, We
1: didn't by the time you're hearing this podcast yeah it'll be available and you know it, it's it's I will fully acknowledge it's not the kind of car that we that seems like oh you know that seems like an obvious thing for you guys to go drive. What's great about it is they contacted us and just said kind of nobody's driven it yet. Do you guys would you guys like to drive it and it was down the road. So we said a three-wheeler that's built right here and you called us, let's go do that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this will be really interesting to just put it out there cuz I mean I've seen no coverage of it literally before they called us. I think somebody had said the name to me at one point, but I knew nothing. And it's like in our backyard, so it's, it's <laughs> you went crazy. Blank, driven. blank. Who? Who am I talking yeah, to? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how rarely do you and I see a car in this country? Do we see a car and we go? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, you know that that's the thing about it. It yeah. just you know no coverage at all, and it kind of dropped from the sky, and we got to drive it, which is cool.
0: This will be fascinating. Well, uh, speaking of things uh, dropping kind of all at once, you're listening to this podcast. We are also joining Dan Roth from Autoblog on Autoblog podcast number 477. So he Mm -hmm. actually just released that this evening as well, but you will hear that for Friday and going forward as well. So number 477, we just joined him to kind of shoot the breeze. And then he kind of sprang his own car debate on us, which was actually a lot of fun. It was very, very impromptu. And uh, we enjoyed joining him. So we're looking forward to having him on our debate and picking a question, a, a car debate, and actually sinking our teeth into that. So, Dan, thank you yeah, for definitely. having us on. We are looking forward to, uh, to having you and returning the favor and, and having him on. Great guy. He was just fun to talk to.
1: He was very fun, you know. Here's the thing that dawns on me: we'll end up doing probably about an hour this evening. So you've got your hour on Friday. We did an hour and fifteen minutes on Tuesday for the hundred uh, hundred hundredth podcast on all of your crazy questions, and then our time with Dan is over an hour as well. So you practically have an audio book worth of Everyday Driver just <laughs> this week. We
0: can't shut so, up. So <laughs> uh,
1: you know, you, yeah, exactly. So you you're, you're going to be on at the end of your Friday commute, going, "I haven't finished it yet," and I don't know if I should say you're welcome or apologize, <laughs> but there it is.
0: I'm always worried that we're not going to get get enough Facebook questions. You know, I post mid-afternoon and here we are. Yeah, buried. you think that? Yeah. Oh my not, gosh. Not not
1: the case. However, you know, speaking of things that happened today, everywhere I turned today, there was coverage of Subaru talking about the update for the BRZ and a bunch of you asked Facebook questions about it. So we can't avoid it. Yeah. Not only because, you know, it's interesting, it's it's a car we recommend a lot, but of course, I own an FRS. I am so I'm trying so hard to not laugh at this update, honestly.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, good news. They finally gave us the power we've been wanting. No, that's not true. They didn't. It's kind of everything else. And I don't mean to start mm-hmm. out with the negative. Usually you want to start out with you know some praise and then some constructive criticism and then kind of wrap things up. But I'm going to go <laughs> right for the negative because they could have just said, we did nothing else but we added power. And everybody would have been – hallelujah the end finally you got it we're done
1: but they didn't you know what you you and i you know we we just showed recently you know with the stuff from the ft86 guys we put on their header now i also put on an exhaust because i wanted a different sound different feel but uh but the header was really what made the difference and we got 12 pound feet of torque out of it all of it in in the terrible dip of the of the torque dip right didn't become a monster powerhouse car but 12 pound feet of torque eight horsepower from that guy, those guys header. Now my question becomes, if you're Subaru or Toyota, are are you are you ignoring this reality? Couldn't you just I, guys, however, I have heard that this this change with only 5 horsepower theoretically has altered the torque a bit and they've changed the rear end to increase acceleration. So it may feel like more than that, than it sounds like on paper. I would be very curious about that. But it is funny. It's hysterical to me. Anytime they do something to this car, and it is little to no horsepower change, five horsepower is in kind of a laughable range. And yeah. clearly, the aftermarket has proven there's stuff you can do.
0: Yeah, and that's only for the manual transmission. The auto mm-hmm. ke- keeps the same 200 horsepower OK. Yeah. And they added what? They've got a performance package. So yes, you can get the Brembo calipers, larger rotors. You can get performance shocks. There's a little bit of styling tweaks. There's mm-hmm. the uh, what the uh, track mode. A few things here yeah. and there, but five horsepower. Five. I, I have
1: to say, Come honestly, on. everything else on this list is pretty intriguing. I mean, the track mode's interesting. Lower final drive is a, is kind of a fascinating way to go. Uh, the intake, okay, whatever. But but all the springs and dampers and the strut supports and everything they've done there cool i actually am intrigued by that sure, i also think sure. the brake upgrade is a phenomenal choice because i've always felt like the car was just this side of underbraked from the factory now i've put different pads on it's helped it a lot so just that is a good change however ha- have you seen an interior photo i did i, I looked I at one yeah did you see the one with the little uh computer access screen thing uh the little dig- digital screen. I missed that no what was that well, I'm going to see if I can pull one up here. But if memory serves, it's they, they've taken one of the gauges and they put a little digital do-everything screen in it. And it looks like what happens when you go to somebody aftermarket and they replace one of your gauges with something else. It looks like that. Oh, it doesn't look no. right. It looks like they chopped out a gauge and shoved a screen behind it. And I'm just thinking, really? Because if if it comes from the factory and it doesn't look any better than you went to some aftermarket guy named Joe, I, I – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no offense to aftermarket guys named other things. That's just how it struck me. <laughs> right, but my right. point is, I mean, really, I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can pull this up here.
0: Well, while you're pulling that up, I feel like you know the the uh, Scion nameplate is dead, and they've done all these tweaks, which are going to be common with the Toyota 86. Okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I kind of understand introducing the two cars under two separate badges worldwide. It's three, but I with. With the slow pace and the non-pace that they're going, these upgrades, <laughs> you're right, they will be satisfying. They will be noticeable. They'll be satisfying. But there will still be the elephant in the room of less yeah. of, of no more power. I mean, they, they didn't really do anything to the power, which is what everybody screams for. Everybody tries to get, mm-hmm. and as you said, replace just the header and done. They went to five horsepower. And so, therefore, my question to Fuji Heavy Industries, Subaru, and Toyota is – Why not just take everything to one car? Why are we building two or three anymore? Just put all your eggs in one basket and make that car the one everybody's asking for version 2.0, make it that car. We're still fine if you announce the joint venture. We're all still fine with that. We get it, Mm -hmm. fine. Call it whatever you want. Call it the joint venture car and who cares? We like it. but just I mean, do not, one. Just it's not a
1: big it's not a big seller for Subaru to begin with, right? Uh, so I'm I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I I almost feel like maybe it's just because of when the press releases happen. But I almost feel like. Subaru it's suggested like Subaru led the charge of this redesign and I'm going you sold the least of them of anybody and then why on earth <laughs> Sure, why on earth with Scion dead Toyota isn't just branding it the same car worldwide boggles me I, I mean why 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 even do that? You know just look I'll be I'll be stupid <laughs> for their about own for satisfaction second. so we can ask just, why but I, just but <laughs> just because I mean just as simple as you only print one set of badges yeah, worldwide. just just I mean, yeah. I, look, I'll go the place I never go, and that is the accounting thing. What's the extra line item for extra badging? Just call it the eighty GT eighty six worldwide. Move on. I I don't get it. Even if whatever. it's
0: cheap, it still costs money. You're right. Even if it's super so, low, I'm
1: not. Yeah, I'm not sure why we've maintained uh, multiple versions yeah. of the car either. But so I'm gonna, uh, this gauge. I'm going to put a picture in front of you here, and uh, so you can see what I'm seeing. But. Okay. It does. It looks like they took the gauge on the right, and they chopped a hole in it and shoved a screen behind it and went. It looks awesome, which no <laughs> one else is going to say. I, 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 I'm boggled by it. It just—it's not a good—it's not a good refresh for that gauge. I mean, it feels like they needed to really, if you're going to do it, let's fully embrace it. But huh. okay, whatever. Uh, but I have to say, it's such a mixed update. I realize we're—I feel like we're kind of beating on it now, but it's such a mixed update because some of the stuff sounds really cool, and then a couple things—the let's do a digital gauge, uh, you know, info screen and the power—it it kind of feels like a hit and a miss. But yeah, all right. Anyway, yeah.
0: well, yeah, it's—it's it's a facelift. It's a—it's not even version two and the advertisement would let you believe that it's totally redesigned. Then the marketing people get a hold of it and. Yeah, it's not. It's um, well, some look at, performance parts. Look at the, the look end. at the
1: canards on that uh, front fascia. What? Why? Did we need those? I mean, <laughs> have you seen a little like little up? It, it looks like you know Bert, Bert Rattan, who makes some of the craziest looking airplanes on on the planet. You know, he did the Voyager that flew around the world, and he did Spaceship yeah, yeah, right, One. Right. Crazy looking planes that look like nothing else. It look. This is like the Bert Rattan redesign. It's, it's I don't understand it. Why does it have random canards on the front? Is it? I mean, okay. for the money that costs,
0: know. could they have just bought everybody a new header? Just hey, more power. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> we we <laughs> didn't actually do anything. We're just mailing you a header because we know you have the car. Happy, and we're just...
1: happy July Fourth from your friends at <laughs> Subaru and Toyota. Inside this box, you'll find a header <laughs> and a torque ridge. Merry Christmas.
0: Exactly. Here's our here's our model refresh. We're sending you a box with a header. That's awesome.
1: Anyway. Oh, man. You know, that actually is a place to segue. I'm going to say, if you are looking for anything for those cars, whatever you want to call it, whatever your badging says, our friends at GT86, pardon me, FT86SpeedFactory.com. Every day is the uh, code there. So put in every day. You can get a discount. They would love to see you there. And that actually leads me to something else, which is our adventures. We're going to be in Chicago in August.
0: Yes, we and are. And those
1: guys are close enough to drive out and be there. So we're just beginning conversations with them about, are they going to be there? What could they bring? Hopefully, our friends from FT86 Speed Factory, we, we've only we only talked to these guys. It's been Skype and emails and this kind of stuff. It would be great to actually see those guys, Thomas and Yo and the other guys. It would be cool to see them. Hopefully, they'll come out. But we're encouraging you to come out. which is cheap for a full track day. I've been digging into the details. I don't know if you saw this, Paul, but I've been digging into the details. What that gets you is the following. Roughly four good, at least four good half-hour sessions of track time. Now, when you sign up, you can sign up at... Beginner, in intermediate or advanced. Right. Uh, we are encouraging those of you that would call yourselves beginners. That's what this day is for. Okay. Yep. And there will be class time and instructors available. And the class time is required for beginners. And I think everybody else is encouraged. But the class time is literally here's this track. Here's the line. This corner. Do this. I mean, it, you'll be hard pressed to get better instruction and better introduction than this event's going to do. Uh, Sean Young and the folks over at Laps Incorporated. Uh, one of the listeners to our show, John kind of pointed us towards Sean and Sean's been very helpful. And uh, and we've already had a few of you sign up. Please keep doing that on our website, everydaydriver.com, under the Adventures tab. You can find the code that gets you that discount for this Laps Incorporated day. Again, it's August 22nd. That's a Monday, full track available. We will be there. And I have one last thing and then I want you to cover the other adventure. Okay, all right. The last thing is we had a question a couple of days ago and I read it and I went, oh my gosh, we have to clarify that. If you want to come and you don't want to get on track, please come. I mean, my 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 perfect world of this because some guy said, "Well, do I have to pay for the track thing if I don't really want to track my car?" If I no, come see us. Be in the parking lot. Hang out with other enthusiasts from the area. I would love the parking lot on that Monday to be a, an awesome cars and coffee.
0: Yeah, for that the would whole be great.
1: day. Whatever's going on on track is what's going on on track. We want you on track if you can come and bring your car. I don't care what it is. Bring your, you know, Vanagon. I mean, honestly, don't bring your Vanagon. But if that's all you've got, let's come. <laughs> Maybe but, not Vanagon, but but, there but you let's go. do. But let's do cars and coffee in the parking lot. And that, you know, that's a thing. It's not like you have to pay the track fee. Just come. So somebody wrote about that and asked about it. It's it, the parking lot is open. Please be there. Be great.
0: And now you know the Volkswagen Owners Club is going to show up just to spite us. You know that's going to happen. There's going to be twelve oh, of them sure. In the parking. Sure, bring it.
1: It'll it'll be a coffee club of, of Volkswagen <laughs> product from the '60s. Just 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 to make you and I shake our heads. That's <laughs> exactly. what it'll be.
0: Exactly. Well, if you find that Adventures tab on the Everyday Driver website, you will also see the Pilgrimage Adventure, and this sprang out of the Pilgrimage film that Todd and I, Edgar and Thomas, did last yep. September. So September 2015. And we have decided to recreate this and take you, our fans, and really anybody that wants to go on this trip. Now, this is not – it's a little bit of a twist because it's not exactly what we did as far as the the Touristenfarten days. This is actual private track time for both Mm -hmm. Spa-Francorchamps and the Nürburgring, the North Loop, Mm -hmm. the Mm Nordschleifee. We are doing this, so go to the Adventures tab, check out everything. There's more details. If you're interested, you can leave your name and email address there, and we will Mm -hmm. follow up with you. We'll send you
1: further, further detail. But we're going back. We've actually got people uh, already signed up, which is awesome. It is in September, which feels like it's a long way away, but guys, I promise you, it's not. And uh, it's going to come up quick. We're also building an FAQ page because there's been a few, uh, well, guess what, frequently asked questions that have come up on it. So if you end up signing up for more info, we'll also send you the FAQ info. Lots of cool cars, lots of track time. We would love to have you with us. It is better than the trip you and I took last year. That's what keeps boggling me. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) We've got two slots filled already, so we're taking 12 folks. Two slots are filled at this point, and uh, we're putting it out there. We would love to have you go. It's going to be definitely a trip of a lifetime. So... Anyway, check that out, and uh, real quick, before we jump into the car debate for this podcast, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on the college car debate. That was episode That's 89, right. and right. we talked about three, grad, or three college car scenarios. One was yeah. the graduate, so this was Julius from Philadelphia. He's 24, and he had written in he had a budget for two cars. Do you remember this? And he wrote us back with some information.
1: D- Ju- Julius apparently graduated in one of those things that I did not do, and that is apparently whatever he, whatever degree he got was one of those things where we need people in this area, and we're paying good money. Yeah, because yeah. he stepped out and said, "By the way, I've gotten my job right out of college. It's a really good job. I have eighty grand to spend <laughs> on a car or a couple of cars." <laughs> and our conundrum when we first did this did this debate was the fact that. Julius, I, in spite of his passion, had driven nothing, really. Right, right. So, our big homework for him was we gave him a massive list of cars to drive. Well, he has written back. Keep going, Paul.
0: I notice, uh, uh, Julius, a uh, fantastic list. You've got the Evo, you've got a Hellcat, you've got a Cayman, the Camaro Z28, a lot of new stuff on here.
1: Even he the. Drove uh, all kinds of things. Wow, the new
0: 2016 Camaro SS. That is fantastic. Wow. We're really, really thrilled. And we promised you this homework update. This was homework for Julius. He said he would, and he promised us, and he got some professional driving lessons, which gave him more confidence in his ability. So this is excellent. Which is fantastic. This is what we're, Bravo. I, I mean, we're recommending this stuff. And Julius, you have uh, actually gone and do, done this to your huge credit. And so yeah. wanted to tell everybody about the cars that you bought. And they're two cars that really spoke to me out of this long list S5, Z four, mm-hmm. a Viper, an O9 Viper ACR. Oh my god. <laughs> you drove some well, you just, hot stuff on here. You, you,
1: you called every friend you have with a, with a car and said, can I have your car for a bit? You just oh you really gosh. took this homework to heart and drove everything you could find. And coming off of some performance driving experience, I mean, it completely changed your perspe- perspective. Mm-hmm. And you bought two things, I feel like, that are a bit unexpected based on the list. But they were two cars. The minute you drove them, you just went, must have these.
0: Yeah, yeah. So here we go. So he bought an 06 Mitsubishi Evo. He fell in love which with is it. A,
1: which is a nine? Am I right? Is that an Evo nine? Uh, or am I getting myself wrong? Or is that a, or is that an eight?
0: Could be an eight. I'd have to look that I up. I think to it's verify. an eight. But wow. I'm pretty sure if
1: it's an 06. But yeah, so that's that's raw and pretty awesome, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. He also got a twenty thirteen M3 coupe. So he got the E90 M mm-hmm. three with a V eight. And that does different things in the Evo. I think less frantic, but far more powerful. I mean, that thing just, I mean, just a road crusher of a car. So congratulations, <laughs> Julius. Those are fantastic choices. By the way, both used. We did notice that. 06 mm-hmm. and a 2013. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to be curious as to, uh, you know, what you're going to do with what. Are you going to track one? Are you going to, you know, just go on road trips with the other? Be interesting to see what you do with them. But uh, but yeah, huge Huge. I mean, just having those two cars in the garage, that's that's a great Definitely. start, especially at age 24. I mean, that is a yeah, and, phenomenal and you, and, but start. But you
1: really, I feel like you tackled it right by really giving yourself a lot of experience that you, quite frankly, did not have before, both as a driver and also just experience in cars. So I'm glad you did that so that you could say, you, when you watch that you know, Z28 drive-by, I drove one of those, and I preferred to, to buy this. That's phenomenal information to have. So let's see if we can actually help someone else here. We've got Travis writing to us from yeah. Washington State. And he is debating a third car, which is not a normal phenomenon. However, I have to bring this down to earth a bit. All right. Because Travis is writing and saying he's getting rid of their TDI sport wagon, which sounds very, you know, oh, what, doesn't that do a lot of family hauling duties? Kind of. He's getting rid of it part of, partially because it's under the VW buyback. Right. So they're going to get right. out of it easily anyway. But they also have an Outback, so there's another wagon. And they have his wife's truck that she's had since before they were married. So if they need to do, like, let's actually haul something, they have a pickup. So he can buy a third car, and he realizes, I've got all the normal stuff covered. One kid, a dog. He can get kind of whatever, which is what makes this interesting.
0: The further I read, Travis, the more I thought, you're writing to ask for justification to buy a third car. That's what you're doing. So, yeah, yes, right. yes. Should you buy mm-hmm. a third car? Yes, you should. And I like, <laughs> I like what you're thinking here. Although I'm a little bit confused about the numbers that you've got because your budget for either new or used are different here. You're saying yeah. 40000 if you buy new, but about thirty if you go used. So He's
1: clearly defending himself for, for maintenance. That, that's yeah, the only thing I, I read I into that. So. He must be. He must be.
0: Um, clearly, you've got the buy-off from your wife. She sounds like a truck girl, and she has given you the blessings. So if if you've got this opportunity, I, I mean, we're all for it because it clearly you're looking for some enjoyment on some short road trips, maybe to work, drive to the airport, this and that. The biggest thing here that stuck out to me was something that we have covered uh, in earlier podcasts, and that is driving okay. a nicer car than your boss. Should you? I mean, mm, mm. it is kind of a thing. Some companies and some relationships in the business world, you could get away with it. Others, mm-hmm. the perception is it's going to raise some eyebrows and maybe not in the way that you're, you're wanting. It might be, you know, the uh, – what do they call it? The, uh, the career killer or uh, trying to think of the acronym. Who knows? Acronym. I
1: suppose. Um, I suppose. But
0: something to know and be careful. But you can always then follow up with a story. Because the first car, the first Porsche I had, that was the 928. I bought it for 20 grand. Now that's not nothing, but a twenty thousand dollar Porsche that looks like that. It was top condition, very shiny, Mm -hmm. flashy car. People would just look at you like, "Who are you?" I mean, such a sports car. Going, this costs less than your new Camry.
1: People. Agreed, agreed. I I, and I kind of. I'm the guy that welcomes that conversation, but granted, I mean, we do the show. But I, I literally, right. I love, I love that conversation. When that conversation comes up, somebody's nice car, invariably somebody says, "What's that cost you?" And then I get to go, "What do you drive?" Right. And it's a fascinating kind right. of mind warping conversation. That may not be a conversation you want to have in your circle or with your boss. I get that, but I feel like. There's, there's kind of some fun in that. And not in, I don't mean that in a snotty way at all. It's just that perception is not necessarily reality, especially in cars. I'm of the mind, get what you like and go for it. But the thing that I liked here is that he's he's really wanting something different. And the other thing about Travis is he's not a guy with two cars thinking about getting three. He's a guy with three cars right now well that's true so we're not we're not not branching him out and going well why don't you get something a third one we're going okay you've got a slot to fill here so let's do something totally different now he has brought up the point he's in Washington state they definitely are dealing with weather so he's asking about would you guys drive a sports car in the winter and I'm gonna say uh, yes I would (laughs) Uh, so um, yeah I mean I certainly would I would get uh, winter tires and drive rear wheel drive uh, preferably with an LSD and be careful Uh, but uh, but I I would say absolutely. However, the more I read this, the more I thought of something that I feel like is the perfect car for Travis. And then that led me to an actual sniper shot.
0: Hmm. Okay. I didn't have as many choices as I did last time. Or uh, as I do usually, I will say. But uh, <laughs> i Down I'm from dancing.
1: 15, you only brought seven. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: yeah, go on. I really whacked through the tall brush here trying to trim things down. And I got it down to seven. No. Um, Travis suggested the Lotus Elise, and he's mm-hmm. also eyeballing the third-generation Mazda RX-7. So really the, the… The 90s. The 90s, the beloved car, the one that actually the one. looks the best. It's the got this one, yeah. incredible community because they didn't make that many and because the car is so special. Mm-hmm. doesn't share components with anything else. So it's a special car. And so he's eyeballing these. And you're right. I think he's going as high as maybe 30000 for those cars to keep in mind. You know, maintenance, upkeep, that mm-hmm. kind of thing.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So these
0: are true, pure sports cars. Just the driving experience only. Clearly, that's what he's going for. But that's yeah. matched Agreed. up against this $40,000, you know, maybe something new. And he's looking at the Focus RS. So mm-hmm. hot hatch, mm-hmm. still sporty still usable but not quite as pure I, I'm wondering where you're at um, you know he's he's got two different directions here well, you know but uh, he's, I've, he's got wanting some suggestions it, it,
1: here's 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 the trail that I went and I'll just I'll go all the way to my sniper shot real quick I'll just walk you through the trail and go to my sniper shot and I'll tell you why first off I, I want to touch on both the rx7 and the Lotus the rx7 is awesome if you are just prepared for you have a rotary and there's I mean it's, mm-hmm. it's just yes. not as reliable an engine. I mean, as long as you're willing to, to absorb that reality and drive it hard when you drive it and take proper good care of it, and there's a ton of people online talking about all the ways to care for rotaries, it's, just, it's an active ownership experience. If you're ready for that, those RX-7s are just cool.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Then I would it. also. I like
1: that. Uh, well, it, it is. You can't you can't ignore that car. You, If you have a rotary engine, you have to just have a love affair with it. You have to just be like, I am really concerned about this engine, and I want to take really good care of it all right. the time. Right. Uh, you have to kind of be that person, and then they will be good for you. But, but then I would also say about the Lotus, clearly you want to do something different. I'm going to say to you, Travis, if at all possible, go somewhere, anywhere, drive a Lotus. Have you driven one? Because as much as I love that car, I don't know that it's a match for you. I just, I I wonder if it's a little too, you talk about liking the right tool for the job here, but I'm wondering if it's with your background, maybe a little too focused and hardcore. What I started thinking, especially as you talked about, I don't get the impression you're going to track this. You're going to use it for some errands. You're going to use it for your fun drives around town when you do little things, which is not really a Lotus Elise thing. And then you may just go drive it for fun, but inclement weather and, you know, maybe some usability, doesn't have to, but maybe some. All of that made me think of one car. Hmm. But it's out of the budget. And that is, I think Travis would be really fascinated to have a GTR. All wheel drive, sports car, really? totally different than anything he's ever had. But here's the problem massively that's, out of the budget. It's out of the budget. Which then gave me my sniper shot. Huh. Travis, get yourself an Evo 10.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Totally different than anything you've had. You could get it, you could get the MR version, so it doesn't have the big wing. It's got the very subtle little fin on the back of the, um, on the back of the trunk, which I actually think looks better. The nice BBS wheels, they leather bathe the interior. The interior is not nice, but now it comes with leather. Uh, but, but the, and, but the MR has that, the MR has actually one of the better dual clutch gearboxes on the market in spite of the tiny company behind that car. You're not going to track it, which is when that gearbox actually has problems. It's, it's overheating it when you really work it hard is when that gearbox is less than stellar. Otherwise it's a great gearbox So you have kind of, you got the GTR. I mean, look at our GTR versus Evo film. You got the GTR for half the money. You could absolutely get one with your budget. The problem with the Evo for most people is they do require some maintenance, especially if you put a lot of miles on it. Well, you're not going to do that. And... They aren't, in spite of being a four door, they're not that usable. The trunk is tiny. Well, you don't need the trunk anyway. If you've got to haul something, you've got stuff for that. You've got a back seat so. if you need it for your child. The back seat exists if you have a situation where, you know what, honey, I can pick up the kid or I can take the dog somewhere. You do have a back seat. But most of the time, it kind of works like a two seater as far as usability is concerned. Great seats. But if it snows, rains, whatever, you don't care. I say Evo 10, and we're done. Hmm.
0: The all-wheel drive part of the equation is pretty cool, just because of the weather. Although, depending on where you are in Washington, you know, the, the most you might have to contend with is rain. I mean, Seattle area does get True. snow occasionally, but sure, there's some ice. But the all-wheel drive factor could just really, mm-hmm. yeah, obviate that need. Huh? That's pretty interesting. I like I the GTR. Like it.
1: Yeah. Huh. You see how I got there. And I, I, I do. But I think this is a, a realistic car that, and also, you pull that car up at work, Travis, and somebody's going to be like, oh, interesting car. But nine times out of 10 people are going to have no idea what that is. It's not going to seem overly flashy. If you don't get the one with the big wing, it's going to be like, huh, what a little sedan is that? What does that do? They're not going to know what it is. <laughs> so you're going to dodge. <laughs> seriously, you're going to dodge that what question that do? too. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think it gets you there. I really do.
0: Wow! Yeah, because I mean, the car started life as an economy car. It's a Lancer. It's it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know economy sort of don't look at me kind of car, and then you know obviously flared fenders and you know more muscular yeah. looking. But
1: I I love ah. the stance of it. I love the look of it without the wing. Personally, I prefer that look. Even yeah, though I'm, I'm a yeah. fan of the six speed, I prefer the look without the wing. I'm, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, the five speed. Uh, but the six-speed will actually make it more usable should you get on the highway. That's the nice thing about the dual clutch. I, I do. I think that that is the answer, Travis, if it's me. Hmm.
0: And then easily 30K for that car. You could easily find one. Yeah.
1: Huh. Well, and, and who knows what kind of deals they may have on them. In their last year, now there is like the special edition, super last edition, uber last minute, whatever they're calling it. It's far too long a name. That one, of course, they're going to take as much money as they can get for it. But what sure. if they have a last year model sitting on the lot? They're going to practically ask you to take it. Right. So I think it's worth shopping around. Huh?
0: That's great. I see how you got there. The GTR. I'm. I'm now. I'm just wondering what happens when GTRs are in the forty thousand, thirty thousand price range. With, yikes.
1: The. Well, Weesh. the same people that are going to buy the $30,000 Hellcat are the other guys that are not the muscle car guys are going to buy the $30,000 GTR, and they're going to race yeah. each other on the freeway and just create, create this black hole of destruction wherever they live. That's what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> wow. All right. We could talk about that. But, uh, um, man, I, I'm, I'm uh, interested to hear your thoughts on my choices here. Okay. I, uh, we've never recommended that third-generation RX-7 we're 101 podcasts in. We've never recommended an RX-7, to
1: my knowledge. <laughs> fair, fair.
0: And so, you know, if you're leading towards that, if you've got a proclivity towards that and you're eyeballing it. Nicely done. I don't want to tell somebody, no, you shouldn't go buy that. If they're kind of jonesing sure. for something, sure. all we have to do is just sort of, you know, lightly push them in the same direction and...
1: Nudge you over the edge. Just, you know... We ah. we are here to be your bad influences. That's We we do that very, very well. I mean,
0: the thing about that RX-7 is you are going to find a very tight, close-knit community. Parts, how-tos, all that kind of stuff. But as Todd Mm -hmm. said, Mm -hmm. you're going to be fully immersed, up to your eyeballs, in everything. All the little tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. And you might be shopping for something that is you know, unmodified, where you will be shopping something unmodified and be kind of difficult to find something in that range.
1: Maybe. Probably, but
0: yeah. yeah. that's that's the only problem with that car, because obviously they've been, you know, fast and furious to, to death. Fur- furious <laughs> to death. Anyway,
1: I, I like furious. Did I'm not exactly sure how that's spelled, I, but it's a fantastic word. I'm going to try to use more. Well done.
0: <laughs> use that yeah. in a sentence. I dare you.
1: Yeah. Let. let yeah. Moving on. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So I uh, I like the idea, but then I thought, Ah, Nissan Z car. Maybe the 370Z. Mm-hmm. thought of that. That's good. You know, yeah. there there's some purity to that car, some pure driving experience that we like in that car. Good price range, you could easily find. I mean, maybe find a Nismo version of the of the 370Z. That could be, you know, really a lot of. It's funny
1: fun. because when I read about that Mazda, it made me think of the Z car too. So I, I oh, think really? it's interesting okay. that, because that world kind of it, you kind of progress forward into what would kind of fit that similar niche now, and that 370Z is a fantastic candidate. I hear that totally.
0: Okay, well, I kept going. So three more cars here. I I hate <laughs> to be that guy. I hate to be that
1: guy. No, no, you don't hate that. You, well, you don't hate that at all. Move on. You know it's coming, on. right? You know it's coming. <laughs> it's
0: two Porsches, actually.
1: Uh, of course it is. Yes. You could get
0: an 08, a base 911 for 40K. Low miles. True. Gorgeous car.
1: True. You also get, if you need it.
0: Yes. You could also get the 2012 Porsche Cayman. So that's the 987.2. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things mm-hmm. were upgraded. Mm-hmm. And I found a. Beautiful car. So it's the base Cayman, blue, the dark blue with the sand interior, 40K. Oof, oof. Beautiful shape. And both of those are the base because I got the idea, Travis, you're not looking for the most power, hair on fire kind of thing. Something more powerful mm-hmm. will be nice, but the purity of the driving experience. And you could be in Porsche for that you kind could. of money.
1: But I mean, everybody everybody is sitting astonished that you brought yes, up Porsches. You're, you're but, but yeah, exactly. you will be and I will, and I will say, next choice. Though. I will say better choices than the Lotus, I think, for Travis is mm-hmm. those two Porsches. I will say that.
0: That's kind of what I'm leaning. Just, I mean, the Cayman alone, I, again, hate to be that guy, but the usability of the Cayman is quite is, staggering. It's something.
1: That is its real surprise party trick. I, I take your point. I do.
0: I mean, frunks unite across the world or <laughs> something.
1: Stop. I don't know. Stop.
0: All right, so you I'm will going be to surprised. get you therapy. I'm not sure
1: who does that kind of therapy, but it, it needs to happen. Go on. All
0: right, so you are going to be surprised at my, really, the choice that I think you should consider. Because okay. of the purity of driving experience, this is a car Todd usually brings up. But I'm going to recommend this car, and that is okay. the third-gen NC Mazda Miata, the MX-5.
1: Yeah. And go yeah. for the
0: hard top because of the weather, so that'll yes. seal you Agreed. in. Agreed, And mm-hmm. it'll be more weather mm-hmm. resistant. You'll feel comfortable driving it in any weather, but you've got a convertible at that point. You can take the wife on a, on a fun drive on a date. It's actually arguably the biggest of the four generations as far mm-hmm. as, I mean, you and I felt, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. felt fine on the definitely. interior. No, definitely. We're yeah. fine. And mm-hmm. for just a runaround fun, it's usable, it's nimble, fun to drive all day long. There is some mm-hmm. purity to that car as well. And that was the through line that I kept seeing I here. See that.
1: And I see that.
0: You could get nearly, nearly new. I mean, you could even get you could. You know, 2014, you could. 2015,
1: somewhere you in could there. Get, yeah a pristine for kind of, one for that kind of money. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely So right. um
0: I kind of think Miata might be the answer in this case. Huh? I hate to say well, it, or, but
1: or hold off and see what the price is going to be on the new RF, uh, which I really want to drive anyway. Oh that yes. would be a fascinating alternative, but that's uh, that's but, a good
0: yeah. that's a good point too. So uh
1: anyway, the RF and a, pair, and a and a set of sway bars. Anyway, moving on. Uh yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? It's a little soft. I'm just is that what say you're it. trying to
1: I'm Every, I'm just saying, everything about that Miata, I just am shocked by. I mean, you and I say it, and every journalist we know says it. They get out of it and go, "Awesome car! Wow, it's soft." Uh, yeah, it's just anyway, yeah, awesome. very interesting.
0: But the softness, huh? Anyway. Yeah, have you noticed?
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: awesome, awesome. All right, well, uh, yeah, Travis, let us know. We're uh, we're gonna do more updates, um, but uh, yeah, let us know what you uh, what you end up landing on. So
1: we're curious and. We, and we're actually moving at a decent clip tonight. We should get to some Facebook questions. Uh, again, there are like 30 of them. Ooh. And we are not going to do 30 of them because, uh, well, yeah, that, the, the sheer time of that is astounding. I actually wrote down four of my favorites. And I'm going to jump where we just were to this one because I feel like it relates. Okay. Ben Profit wrote in and said, out of all the Japanese manufacturers sold in the U.S. And he, he then lists them. Which do you think is putting out the most interesting cars? Or which would the company be that we would most be inclined to buy from? I thought it was fascinating. The interesting question to kind of ponder. Hmm. And I have to say, current lineup, current lineup, I'm gonna go with Mazda. And I'm gonna say that because in spite of the fact that I prefer the 86 Twins to the current hmm. uh, Miata, they make the Miata, for God's sakes. That car's a fantastic car and but but even stepping aside from the Miata for a second in general with Mazda and it's so ridiculous because it sounds like I'm reading from the corporate brochure but it's true whatever they make is generally one of the more fun cars to drive in that segment be it a little SUV be it a you know their Honda Civic competitor the Mazda 3 whatever it is the Mazda version of whatever kind of market segment you're looking at is a competitor and is one of the most fun ones to drive that's hmm. quite an accomplishment for a company, especially one that is not one of the big ones.
0: Okay, all right. I can see that. I mean, good good argument there. I I'm leaning in a different direction there, Ben, but I that's a good argument. I uh I thought Lexus personally okay. because of the direction they're going. I mean, I'm I'm going to argue that they build Japan's most exotic car ever, the LFA. Even, sure. I mean, that thing, you read about it, just the the lengths they went to to make this car, and now the lengths they're going to to really differentiate themselves from Toyota the brand. Lexus mm-hmm. is a thing. And now they've got yeah. this LC500, the 2017 LC500 coming out, that yeah. is yeah. gorgeous. I didn't initially like that front end on the, uh, the IS cars. But it looks stunning on this car, and it's going to be close to production. What we see here is going to be,
1: yeah, pretty close the, to production. The predator, like this is. the predator grill works on some of them, and that's definitely one of them where it works for sure.
0: I mean, just you know, with their their handling abilities, going from just a Mercedes copycat over the course of a couple mm-hmm. of decades to really they're they're their own thing. If you're into Lexus, it's it's a legitimate motorsports competitor that really holds its own in a lot of areas that have surprised Todd and I, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing a good, I'm glad you brought them up, because they're doing a good job also in, they're making the traditional Lexus that people expect the Lexus to be. But then you can also spec their cars out Mm -hmm. to be hot rods, to be cars that are much more capable than you think. So from the same lineup, you can get both. I mean, let's be honest, this is the way BMW has moved. You know, 20 sure. years ago, BMW, everything in BMW's lineup kind of felt like a sports car. Now you can buy the very sporty driver-focused versions of the BMWs, or you can buy the ones that are kind of soft and feel more like a Lexus. I mean, let's, that's the truth of it. Those, those two have blurred. So that is an interesting point. I'm going to bring up one other one now that we're talking okay. that dawns on me, and that is Acura. And I will bring up Acura only because I think they are an unsung bargain in luxury cars. Hmm. If you're looking in that range, I don't think in general, I mean, the NSX obviously notwithstanding, but I I think in general you don't go buy an Acura because you want great dynamics. Now, their super handling all-wheel drive is very good and everything it's in. But the thing about Acuras is if you kind of just price shop in that kind of luxury market, generally you get more for your money and Honda reliability by going with Acura. So I don't know that I would choose them for dynamic purposes. But if I, the few times I've actually gotten into discussions about people buying in that market segment, I always say look at Acura because they're the underdog. And you're surprised at what you can get in their lineup.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I could also argue along with those lines, the NSX is now in production. And, the, yeah. you know, they're they're kind of going back to where they were. They're realizing we need to get out of some boring sameness products and then, of course, yeah. rumors swirling of the next-gen Honda S2000. I mean, this is the same, same thinkers, same people here. Um, let's
1: hope so. I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but let's hope no, so, yes. No, uh,
0: Yeah, that's a, inter- that's a great question. I really like that. Um, all right. So Nathaniel Kuhn is asking us uh, about guilty pleasure cars. And I laughed out oh. loud because I don't think we've ever been asked about this. And I had to think Fair. for a moment and I'm—I okay. actually came up with two, and I'm—one's kind of okay, and the other is just sort of—you're not going to see this coming. Well, you are, but I don't think anybody else is.
1: Oh, I—I I, I just thought of one. Now that you're bringing it up, and you—you were—you—you you, you may quit being friends with me. Oh no! <laughs> but anyway, go on.
0: Well, I thought the uh, third-generation BMW 740il. I just dig that yeah. car. It's just a huge plush cruiser it still handles pretty well it's just a i don't know yeah i can't really quite put my finger on it but it was the first bmw that just made me go ha. Ah. i mean not the first but you know what i mean just yeah i guess pretty aspirational I like i want to own that car one like it when i, I see out.
1: that kind of i thing. see that i don't know that i don't know that that's a, a guilty pleasure car i think a lot of people like that car but i take your point i um, take your point
0: the other the other one is uh, actually not a car uh. <laughs> I'm I'm biting my tongue here. Um you're going to laugh. Everybody's going to laugh at me. But this this weird part of me, this side part of me, I I like huge jacked up and lifted trucks with big crazy tires on them. I don't want to <laughs> own one, but I guess I just I like the 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 promise of what you could do. You could just drive up the side of a mountain or tow your house off a foundation or just yeah. It just carries yeah. so much stuff, and it's just, what do you do with it? And I see everybody, well, especially in here in Utah, and they don't do anything yeah. with their lifted, jacked-up trucks except roll coal and be stupid with them. So, I,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm just not into well, it. Well, but what you're tapping into, and, and, and kind of what, what Nate's asking, is you're, you're tapping into the little boy factor. Yeah. The, this yeah. doesn't make any sense, but I just think it's super cool. And actually, when you bring up the lifted truck thing, it reminds me, I hadn't thought of this till right now, but it reminds me, I feel the way you're talking about trucks, I feel that way about the Ford Raptor. Every time I see oh, one you on show, I have, yeah. to, I have to get in it. I just, I have to get in it. <laughs> and I get in the front, <laughs> and I get in the back, and I and I look at the tires, and I look at the amazing shocks, and I think about the skid plate. And then, and then finally, from the, the depths of the back of my subconscious, <laughs> the voice comes forward and goes, you have no use for this whatsoever. <laughs> totally. Nothing in your life makes this truck make sense. but it's cool is the only response i've got so i feel that way about the raptor i will give you a massive guilty pleasure that you may disown me for Uh oh all right all right i have no illusions that this is a good car none i have zero illusions that this is a good car i don't want to drive one please don't say do you want to do a fast blast because i i'm probably not (laughs) going to say nice things about it but it was one of those cars that when they first released that i thought that's a bold departure for that company and anytime i saw one in the wild it turned my head
0: okay uh-huh. i'm worried yeah
1: you're you're not going to like me anymore worried what do the i the suzu viacross what what yeah i know what? You, you you may actually stop talking to me right now it may become an incredibly boring podcast however i just seriously every what? time i saw one i thought what a what is a Suzu thinking both good and bad to just go completely out on a limb with that and I just thought you know interesting looking every time I saw one I have I have no belief that it's a good car no part of me thinks it's a good car but I remember there was one that parked uh, down the street from me in LA when I lived in LA and every time I'd by it I was just like I just think that's cool looking
0: <laughs> the car you I, can hose
1: out <laughs> well, yeah, and it, and oh it, body gosh. panels may fall off for all I know if you do that. But I that that is oh the height gosh. of my guilty pleasure car because there there's no reason for me to like that vehicle and yet I always kind of went, "Hey, the Via Cross is cool." And then I caught myself and went, "What are you saying?" So anyway.
0: That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, Nathaniel, you asked a second part to uh, the question here. I'll uh, I'll email you those. I'll post those on Facebook about uh, some some various products I've I've designed. Uh, but we've got a bunch more questions here that I want to get to. Uh, what else? Um, Nick Taylor asks if there's any Lincoln products that we like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, well, not but, one. But but I have to say I I have to acknowledge have to acknowledge, Lincoln is trying. We hope that they will succeed. Trying to but do But what's what? terrible is... What are they t- trying? I don't know. Two, two or three years ago, we walked through the Lincoln... And two or three years ago, it was even worse. Two or three years ago, we walked through the Lincoln booth at a major auto show, <laughs> and it struck one of us. I don't even remember which one, but it struck us what should be their tagline. And it was, Lincoln, nothing to see here. So, uh, you know, it's just... And it, it's still yeah, that it was, way. It still know, remains. It's sad it's genuinely sad hey yes. kids I let's agree.
0: go to the Lincoln dealership this Saturday really do we have to
1: well the, the the biggest problem they have we talked about this before the biggest problem they have is when you get into their stuff you can see the Ford skeleton you can see the Ford lineage and somehow Cadillac is kind of avoiding that in relation to Chevrolet but Lincoln is struggling oh, yeah. to find you know it's it's like the early days of infinity when you got in an infinity and you were like oh, I see how this is a Nissan, or the very early days of Lexus, and you went, oh, well, this is just a nicer Camry. Lincoln is suffering through that problem right now where you just see the lineage and you go, why am I paying extra for a nicer Fusion? That's a struggle.
0: I mean, Cadillac has racing heritage now. What does Lincoln have? Like presidential motorcade history? I mean, okay, important, but it's not motorsports.
1: Suicide doors were awesome. (laughs) I I don't know. that's, that's, That's the tagline. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, none. Okay. Well, uh, Michael Ross asked, uh, do we think the current generation Cayman, <clears throat> Paul, Cayman owner, do we think the current generation Cayman would be better with the hydraulic steering from the previous gen Cayman? And I'm going to say yes. Yes, it would.
0: Yeah, I I like the Cayman. I like the car that I have. But mm-hmm. really good question. Yes, you should. Because I, it brought back memories of the first Cayman. And I just went if it if just a tiny just a little if it only had the the first gen Cayman. There was there was a rawness to that Mm -hmm. first gen Cayman that I love that I was really attracted to. There's many, many other things that I'm attracted to in this third gen Cayman. I I love so many things about it.
1: It's it's an improvement in almost every category, but I think in steering it is not.
0: But I agree. It's I I admit that. It's it's not that they're going backwards. It's just there's something to be found there that just lights you up in that first gen Cayman. Mm-hmm. So a well, lot but, to be Well, I mean, found we there.
1: talked about it in our 50 Years of 911 film. Jumping from the 997 to 991, I had the same problem. I preferred the 997. Yeah. The 991s an unbelievably good car. I preferred the 997. Yeah. And here so I am it's, admitting it's a
0: flaw. I, I mean, come on, yeah. accolades. Let's let's heap it on here. Come on. I'm admitting <laughs> Porsche's flaws.
1: Well, so. you know, believe it or not, we truly think that no car is perfect. I know that is shocking to yes, say, yes. including those we own. But uh, what else have you got? Jason Cornell asked a, a question
0: that really made me think
1: about okay. car technology.
0: And he's asking, aside from electric cars and auto driver, or autopilot self-driving okay. cars, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do we see in cars? What do we see as far as the automotive industry being huge? What do we see as a direction in the future for cars? And Jason, it took me a little bit of thinking here to come up with apps. And just mm, as mm. the phone, this, you know, this device that we all have now, it's a GPS map. It's it's apps. Mm-hmm. You can make a, a restaurant reservation. It's a calculator. It's a computer. It takes pictures. It connects to the yeah, internets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and by the way, it makes phone calls. Yeah. I think apps from Just the way the phone has revolutionized our our lives in, you know, just through apps. And so the ability to make an open source platform where you can make a car do things, I mean, obviously it still has to drive and do car-like things, but you will be able to, let's say, add an option or a feature just by, okay, well, that feature is going to cost you six grand. Well, all right, Mm, I want mm. it, and it does something, and it's just available through an app. I could be wrong here. That's interesting. But apps That's have revolve, well, re, they've revolutionized smartphones, and you, your phone uh-huh. can do anything now. There's an app for that. Why not apply it to yeah. cars in some form? Yeah, or
1: that not? I hadn't thought of that. That's cool. That makes me think of one actually. Okay. But I hadn't thought of that. I, I, haven't, I don't think I've gone as far future as you you are. But you know, four or five years ago, I made the comment where I said. Folks, the programmable gauge cluster is coming, and it is here now. I mean, you can get it on, right. on some of the Audi products, some of the BMW products. I think that's going to be ubiquitous. I think your gauge cluster is now going to be – that's just the shape of the screen behind the wheel, and you're going to decide, I want my tack here, and I want my speedometer there, and I want – oh, I'm, I'm terrified, so I want my – uh, what what cruise control speed am i going and how fast am i consuming gasoline i want those to be the biggest thing on the screen so you get in everybody's car of the same brand you get into 10 Camrys and they would always all have a different customized gauge cluster based on the driver i think that is going to come for sure and then connected to what you're saying i think we will more and more integrate the ability for our phone this walking handheld computer thing that we all have to be able to interact with the car Because, uh, you know, honestly, I wish car makers would quit killing themselves trying to build an an operating system and just allow us to have our phones do it, which is, of course, what Apple Play and the I forget what the Android one is called are all about. But I feel like those two things, because it's just going to allow customization and it's going to not reinvent the wheel when it comes to all the things that your phone does.
0: Yeah. You know, I just read that the Jaguar F-Pace, their SUV, their upcoming SUV, Uh comes with a, a wrist bracelet That will unlock your car for you. So you can leave the fob in the car. So if you're doing outdoor sports, you're going kayaking, you're going whatever. Yeah, yeah, I
1: remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You've got this bracelet that will actually you just wear and it'll get you back into your car, which makes me think, you know, the next time you buy a car, why not just inject the key right into my neck? You know, like the little chip set, like (laughs) it's just a part of you under your wrist and they – I don't you've know.
1: been you've been tagged by your car company. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just a chip now, and then they you wake up one morning. I don't myself. know what
1: car I drive. Can somebody scan my neck and tell me what <laughs> car I drive? I don't remember. Yeah. That's
0: weird. Okay, that's truly future. That's that's hopefully you're, not. You're
1: kinda... slapping yourself on the side of the neck to try to get the the alarm to go off.
0: <laughs> Why won't this damn car start? Dang it! What are you doing to yourself, man?
1: Yeah, the chip. And...
0: Oh yeah, right. Got it.
1: Gosh. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, let's see. Uh. I had another one here that I thought was interesting. Mike Wolf wrote in he said favorite car for canyon runs and favorite car for track time. And I would say that for canyon runs I want something like a Miata or an FRS. I want something light, small and not that powerful. Just because, you know, you don't need a ridiculous amount of power to run the canyon and you can get yourself in trouble that way. Mm-hmm. So because you're going to try to use, oh I want to I want to put my foot to the floor. Fine, but how fast are you going now? You know, that's the problem in a canyon because there are all the unknown variables. I like those lower-powered cars. I mean, I would even say an Elise is is decent in a canyon because while quick, it's not a lightning bolt. Sure. I would say light, small, and not all that powerful for the canyon. But yet for track time, I love those. Uh, the The obvious one is the, uh, the Porsche 911 GT3. I love those actual factory cars that they put Arrow on and they made them more track-focused. The Cayman GT4 is another one uh gtrs would be great things that have now got ridiculous power and capability you really we drive them all the time on on roads and we talk about how i need a track to try this out heck the mustang gt350 loved it was Mm -hmm. awesome in the canyons and yet the whole time i drove it i thought i need this on a track
0: so the the bigger boy
1: the bigger boy stuff i really want to put it on a track often
0: yeah, Todd and I just uh, recently drove the one-day Ford Performance Racing School. That will be coming out shortly. And that was out at Utah Motorsports Campus. So the former Miller Motorsports Campus and uh, Ford Performance guys. They're great, fantastic instructors. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun to put their Mustang GTs. So they were slightly track-prepped pack, uh, track prepped with the track packs. Uh, mm-hmm. A few had the uh, diff coolers. Uh, Half cages? No, they had full cages, didn't they? Um, Yeah. But otherwise, stock brakes. And that was just fun to really ring out on the track. It's a bigger car. Carry Mm -hmm. speed. All those kinds of things. And, I mean, that just made me want the the, uh, GT350R, as you said. (laughs) Gosh. That car will crush Canyon Roads and the track, I'm sure. But uh, I'm kind of with you. I mean, the Cayman will be excellent on the Canyon Roads. It'll be good on track as well. But... I, I yeah. mean, I think it's far more suited to the the fast runs, you know, up the canyons. Honestly, um, but uh,
1: but yeah. Well, let's do let's do a couple more. I know you've got a lot tagged on your list. Let's do a couple more, and we probably should wrap it up.
0: Sheesh, you're right. Uh, what else is on here? What else? What else? Oh, Paul Elkins asks about putting money down on a car ordering in oh, advance, yeah. and so here I am, mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. in the same situation. He wants to put his kind money of. down. Well, kind of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's asking. I don't have an M2 yet. I'm going to buy a GTS. OK. I knew it was coming. All right. Anyway, that that, go was, on. A that well, was a shot. And it, and it will continue to be said. But anyway, yeah, here well-deserved.
0: Well well-deserved. All right. So he, Paul wants to put down his money on the Focus RS, <clears throat> Michael Morris. Uh, but uh, he <laughs> is scared that he's going to change his mind in the next eight months or you know, maybe by the time it comes. So he's asking about ordering a car, you know, really long, long lead time, long in advance. Yeah, yeah. It kind of depends. You could just, you know, put your money down and go buy yourself a Cayman GTS in the meantime.
1: Sure, <laughs> we're all doing that. If, you, you would be amazed how many people. No, that's not right. It's just wait. You.
0: No, that's not true. Uh, no, um, for cars like this, for the Focus RS, for the M2, for very specialty Focus models, I feel like you'll always be able to sell it. Go ahead and take Agreed. delivery of it. Agreed. But you'll always be able to unload it to some enthusiast who didn't get the order in and who was really yeah. wanting one. Yeah. How do I get one? Oh, you want to get rid of it because for whatever reason, you know, change in your life, something happened. I, fine. Um, I say go ahead and, and you know stick with it. Well, you know your even, mind can change even again. along.
1: Agreed, and even along those lines. I mean, I'm going to go something far more common than the Focus RS. If you're buying an enthusiast car. And you decide you don't love it. But if it's a genuine, like, enthusiast love affair car, you'll be able to unload it and get most of your money out of it. I mean, we have oh, that friend, yeah. Bassam, yeah. who yep. bought a WRX that he really liked. But he had it for, like, four months. And he had a change in his life. It was a four-month-old car. He barely had any miles on it. Had a change in his life. Needed to get a totally different car. Sold it to some guy for, you know, only a few grand off the sticker that Bassam paid for it. I mean, he I think it was, like, two, maybe, th- maybe three grand. I think it was, like, two grand off oh, what really? Bassam Fantastic. paid for it new. Fantastic. And... And the guy that bought it was ecstatic about right. buying it because yeah. he got a two or $3,000 savings off a new one. It was pretty much a new car. So if you're going to buy something that is enthusiast-focused, you will find somebody that is perfectly happy to take it off your hands for the slight discount. And something as, as uh, really you know vaulted, uh, vaunted as the uh, Focus RS, I mean, come on, that, the M2, these are cars you're going to be able to go, huh. Who would like it? And the vultures will descend. You know what I mean? The the people come out of nowhere.
0: Oh yeah, and you know, even if even if it doesn't happen for some reason, and you know, negotiate with the dealer, and you know, can the dealer sell the car? Yes, they can. They're they're good at it. So say it comes, and you say, you know what? You want to just take it off my hands, put it on your lot? Can we? You know, I haven't driven it, so you haven't driven it off the lot. You've put zero miles on it. Maybe they'd say, you know what? All right, we can sell this. You know, we can find a customer for it. We'll take it off your hands for the price. You know, straight. Yeah, those straight specialty up.
1: cars. I don't think you're going to have any trouble. I agree yeah. with that. But I, I, say stick with it. And you know, it, it's almost win-win. I mean, the win is you. You it shows up, and you're still excited about it. Great. Right. It shows up, and right. you're over it. You can sell it. I don't. I don't think that's that much of a risk. I really don't. Agreed.
0: Agreed. Yeah, that's kind of where my headspace is at. I mean, when it comes, awesome. If something changes. I feel like an M2 can be easily think, – I think I'll be able to find a buyer if, if necessary.
1: So. Not, not, no, no. M2 is your thing. This Focus RS is him. Well, we had a yes. nice, nice little subconscious moment there, though. Well done.
0: Yes. Anyway, like that Anyway, uh, I had yeah, to slide I did, but, that in there. Yeah. I, I jab you're, you're, him every time. You're,
1: you're pondering. You're pondering your M2. It, it's going to be a difficult day for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: All right. So uh, you had one, one more before we wrap things up?
1: No, I, I, I've done my list. If you've got oh, you one more, let's hit it. Otherwise, we'll wrap it up.
0: Well, I've got a ton more. But you know what? We could get to some more questions next time. We'll ask for more, but hopefully we can revisit some of these because you've got some great questions here, guys. Like I said, I'm always worried. Are, are people going to ask? Well, yeah, they, they've inundated <laughs> us again. So it's well done. It's a thing done. now.
1: It is a thing, which it is great. It is a
0: thing. This is awesome. So thank you, guys. Really appreciate you listening and watching. And uh, Adventures tab, everydaydriver.com. Adventures tab, as we were saying at the top of the podcast, for all the information on the adventures that we're having in 2016. So we're excited to have you join us there.
1: And if you haven't watched uh, this week's piece, it is the Vanderhall Laguna, a three wheeled car by a startup company. Very interesting animal. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Of course, we'll be back uh, two times a week. That is right. Every Tuesday and Friday, we have these podcasts. We would welcome your reviews and comments on that. It's helping the podcast grow like crazy. So thank you so much to those of you that have done it. And, uh, of course, Twitter, Facebook, we are interacting with you on all of those. Our uh, friend and shooter, Chance, is keeping the Instagram feed up. And at every 1,000, we're giving away stuff, so keep that in mind, every 1,000 followers. And he's putting some really cool photos on there as well.
0: Thanks, guys. Cheers. Till next
1: time.